0: Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. This week we've got a great speaker. Hope you enjoy it.
1: Good morning. Are we all good? How's January going for you guys? Going well. I need some crowd participation today, just to make me. It really just masks my uh, probably my insecurities being up here. So I need some crowd participation and some good feedback. So. I just generally wanted to know how you guys were doing in 2020 so far. Is everyone enjoying it? It's like being at the panel now. Who has stuck to their New Year's resolution? Good stuff, well, superb. Who didn't make one this year? Ah, see, that's becoming more common, I think. Absolutely. It's a funny month, January. It's one of those months where the bell strike, and suddenly everything supposedly changes. We've got all we've suddenly got all these ambitions and intentions, and um, fitness usually being one of them. Is anyone on a fitness mission just now? Yeah, lots of hands. nice few guys here. Uh, I should be to um, counter the 9,000 calories a day I consumed through the Christmas holiday. Did anyone else eat too much? Absolutely. Uh, it's a funny month as well because it's like a 90-day month waiting to get paid, isn't it? Does anyone else feel like that? I feel like you're crawling to the 28th to get some money back in your account. Maybe that's just me, my bad finance management. Uh, yeah, so it's um, it's uh, we we have the 2020 um, vision theme for the month. So um, today been asked to preach and... Uh, talk about some stuff, and really I hope um, that this message just encourages and inspires, but we're going to look at um, some Bible verses and get into what God um, wants for each one of us. And as I was like, I'm a really bad planner, okay, Zara really struggles with this. We have um, discussions on planning because Zara wants to plan formally with a laptop, and sheets of paper and spreadsheets and I just want to sit by the fire and just soak in my thoughts to see where things go so I have to give her a big thanks because she does great putting up with me and helping me um get to this point there's a lot of stress in our house for us to achieve that so um, yeah um as I was thinking into it I just really got a sense from God to open up by just encouraging each one of you to say, well done. Well done for 2019, for the challenges you faced and the difficulties, uh, for the opportunities that you uh, uh, rose up to and took on. Um, and there's a small picture. Yeah, I just seen this and thought, Do you know what? Does anyone else sometimes, we always can be our own worst critic and hard on ourselves. But when I seen this, I thought I'm going to share it and just remind us that that is how God sees us and wants us to start 2020, knowing that He sees us um, from His point of view, and we are not through our own um, viewpoint where we might be beat ourselves up. Has anyone got a, a, a new, a new vision, new mindset kind of thing going for 2020? Couple of guys. My my motto for this year is good food. Equals good mood. I'm determined to nail a healthy diet to start each morning uh, full of energy and enthusiasm, and not um, the other way about. Uh, uh, my daughter drew a family picture in the holidays and said and showed me it, uh, and she just great enthusiasm. She said, "Dad, check this picture out." And she'd drawn each one of us, and she went through it and said. Um, <laughs> there's mummy, there's you, there's me, there's Sophia, and this is our home, and she says, do you want to know why you've got an angry face? <laughs> I said, actually, yes, I would like to know. She says, it's because you're always grumpy. <laughs> she says, I, I says, listen, it's not me being grumpy, it's being provoked. There's three of you and one of me. <laughs> got some life skills to teach, but, um, so, looking back at 2019, I wonder if I could ask a question: Do you f- think you were observant to everything that was presented to you in 2019? If you look back and think, do you think you were fully observant and aware of everything that was going on? Anyone here f- has anyone got good awareness? Would you say you're well, Johnny Bull, well mate? You're on your own. Oh no, there's two. I'm going to put it to the test. You've put yourself on the spot. So I've got a small video I'm going to show, just for a bit of fun, but this will kick us off. So if you want to show that awareness video, that'll be awesome, Leo.
2: Clearly, somebody in this room murdered Lord Smythe, who, at precisely 3.34 this afternoon, was brutally bludgeoned to death with a blunt instrument. I want each of you to tell me your whereabouts at precisely the time that this dastardly deed took place.
0: I was polishing the brass in the master bedroom.
2: I was buttering his lordship's scones below stairs, sir. Why, I was planting my petunias in the potting shed. Constable, arrest Lady Smythe. Well, but, but how did you know? Madam, as any horticulturist will tell you, one does not plant petunias until May is out. Take oh. her away. That's right, madam. It's just a matter of observation. The real question is how observant were you? And action. Clearly, somebody in this room murdered Lord Smythe, who, at precisely 3.34 this afternoon, was brutally bludgeoned to death with a blunt instrument. I want each of you to tell me your whereabouts at precisely the time that this dastardly deed took place. I was
0: polishing the brass in the master bedroom.
2: (laughs) I was buttering his lordship's scones below stairs, sir. I was planting my petunias in the potting shed. Constable, arrest Lady Smythe.
1: Wow, did anyone see any of those changes? Some of the youth Well, Come on guys, you've seen it weeks ago. you got a head start. Anyone else? Quite cheeky, wasn't it? 21 changes and we never even noticed one. It was right up there in front of us in our big screen. So, yeah, I just, we showed that our youth, just to say, do you know what 2019 was? There things that we missed, opportunities and um, things to capture, um, and we we used it to kind of set us off for 2020 to be have a, a, an observant mindset, to be more open to what lies ahead, and to see things um, positively and in a way uh, for the things that God has for us. Um, I was driving to work uh, recently and I'm sure any drivers experienced this, where the blue lights come flashing up behind you, has that happened to anyone? You know that moment of panic? Anyone experience that where you're driving and the first thought is, oh no, is it me? And then when it passes, you calm down a bit, but usually you do still have that, do I go left, do I go right, do I stay where I am, what do they want me to do? And this, I can't remember, police car went flying past, and he actually headed through the heavy Edinburgh traffic in the exact direction I was going. I thought, man, it'd be awesome just to like, like, I know I shouldn't think like this, but just to tag along, because I'm going there as well. I shouldn't think like that, because it's illegal um, to do such a maneuver. Um, And then you think, oh, it'd be awesome just to actually have my own blue lights. I could just flick them on and bypass all this traffic and get to precisely, where I want to go uh, and sometimes we think that with life as well, we we have a, a, an intention or we have a, a destination that we want to get to, something we want to achieve and we want to do it our way and it's the quick way and it's the easy way but God has ways of defining and developing our character uh, and and sticking with the illustration of traffic, He introduces us to traffic lights so we have to wait for seasons he'll take us to roundabouts where traffic crosses our path which might represent people that we need to have in our life and then there's roadworks who hates being stuck at roadworks? maybe the roadworks are God's essential uh, maintenance and, uh, and work that he needs to do on each one of us to help us to get to where he wants us to go and not precisely where we want us to go and on that note I want to go to a Bible verse that is Jeremiah 29, verse 11, probably one of the most popular common Bible verses um, that we know, one that's used widely, um, and quite rightly so, because it speaks of life and hope and blessing, um, and that's exactly um, what God has for us, Um, however, He needs to help us get there in His time and not ours. I'm just going to read it out to you um, and it says for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope if you look for me wholeheartedly you will find me I will be found by you says the Lord I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I send you Shall we, and bring you home again to your land. He's speaking to a group of people, but I, I want to break this down a little bit because we, we almost, most certainly hear Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future. And what better verse to speak over... Yourself, your children, through dedications and um, baptisms and things because there's truth in it. I want to break it down because God says he has plans for you. And I don't know if we ever break these things down and think about them slowly, but God has plans for each one of you. Plans specific for each one of you. Plans to give you a future of hope which comes in abundance. um, Plans that are not to bring trouble, although we will go through difficult seasons. I'm sure in 2020 there'll be challenges and difficulties that lie ahead. We go through these because God lets our character develop and grow and he can use us to complete and do his will. The verse where that ends, the next bit comes almost with a condition. She's got plans for us, and they're good plans, and they're plans that bring hope. But then it says, if, so it's like optional, if we decide to follow on with the next bit. It says, if you look for him wholeheartedly, almost like a condition attached to that verse. He's got plans, they're awesome plans, they're exciting. They're finely tuned, they're finely detailed. God doesn't need to produce plans and go to five council and have them submitted. He is the God of the universe. He created you perfectly. He created you with a purpose and he has plans for you. And they're available to each one of us. But then it goes on and says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, it's easy to miss what lies ahead. It's easy to miss what God has for each one of us. It's easy to forget him in our day-to-day life and be decide to take things on in our own strength um, and in our own might but he does promise that if we look for him wholeheartedly we will find him and i want to ask if you look back on 2019 did you look for god wholeheartedly did you see him in your day-to-day was he a part of your day-to-day activities? Was he in your family home? Was he in your work situations? Was he in, um, in amongst your neighborhood? Was he in your trips to the shop? Because he's all around us. He's with us all the time. There's nothing hidden from God. He sees everything and he's with us at all times. But sometimes we choose not to look. And that's what it's saying. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. What better way to start 2020 than to make some changes in our awareness and to see and look for God in all situations. Situations when they're not good and sometimes we want to blame God. Sometimes we want to ask why we've been abandoned why, we, or we may feel we've been abandoned. But he's in all situations. The problem is perhaps we stop looking for him, but yet if we do there's a promise to it that everything will be good. He has good plans for us. So um it's plans for a new beginning, for a purpose. Um and like I say there's there's seasons of preparation and fine tuning our character. Um his timing is perfect. And again he's the one that is that's created everything for you perfectly. I, I love um the verse, and I love reading it, and I love breaking it down, and I love just analysing little bits and seeing what God has to say. But you know, I also love—I love seeing it in real life. Who would like to hear or see that verse from somebody's point of view that's actually living out? Because I'm going to invite a young guy up, and I want to give you—I ask you to give him a massive boost of encouragement because I only asked him. Like Friday night, I'm a bad planner, remember, um, and we had a good chat back and forward. But he's, um, he's accepted uh, to come up here and, and share his story. And I want you to keep this in mind because this young man has done exactly that. He's seek God, he's seen Him, he's searched for Him, and he's had some difficulties. And I didn't even know half of them until he sent me his testimony. So, why don't you put your hands together and welcome Che to the platform, and he's going to share his story. Good morning,
3: Church. Good morning. So this is a bit last minute. Uh, like Stephen said, they sent me a text on Friday asking me to do this. Uh, so it's going to be a bit reading for the phone. I'm not on Facebook or anything like that. So <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so just a quick one on, on the uh, 2020 New Year's resolutions. Uh, mine was to become more connected with the church, and it started well. We had uh, lunch at Michael and Hannah's. House. Now Stevens asked me to do this, and I've spoken to Alco this morning about the lift, so everything seems to be going uh, pretty well. So I'll get into it, Um, and like I say, it'll be pretty much reading for the phone. So I apologise for that. Uh, Stevens asked me to take a couple of minutes just to share about myself, my background, and becoming a Christian. Um, I come from completely a non-Christian background. Uh, So when he first texted me on Friday about doing this, I thought, no danger. There's no way I'm standing up there. Uh, I said to him, I'll get back to you in the morning. I prayed about it. Uh, And when I woke up, I thought, well, if Stephen's called me out to do this, then God's called me out to do it, so I'll go for it. Uh, And Linda's obviously started singing up here, so if she could sing, then I could speak. Just a pre-warning, I'm pretty much the about to put all my cards on the table, and like Stephen refers to it, hanging out my dirty laundry. Um, I'll not go into too much detail, because I didn't want an empty church by the end of it. Uh, And like I will say, uh, I'll reiterate again, I'm from a completely non-Christian background, so just keep that in mind. So, for a young age, I remember my mum and dad arguing and fighting a lot. Um, And although they'd been together since school, uh, their marriage only lasted a year. And I can remember the night my dad left when I was five. I then entered the, the Battle of the Parents, where me and my sister would go to my dad's at the weekend, um, which was a highlight of my week, uh, as he loved to take me shooting, camping, fishing, or just playing football on the street for hours on end. Uh, I remember possibly my first encounter with God when I was about ten. Uh, my dad had lost his job, so he couldn't pay the child support money. Uh, so my mum said we were not getting to go and stay with him until he had paid it. Uh, I remember getting down on my knees at my bed and praying to God and just asking that uh, God could give my dad a job so that he could start paying the uh, child support money and I could get back to what I enjoyed doing at the weekends. Um, on that Friday he picked me up, I asked him um, if he'd start if he'd started working again, which he says he did. And I prayed for him to get paid £200 a week, obviously thought that was a lot of money at the time. Um, and he says that's about how much he was getting, he was probably keeping that for me to be honest with you. But uh, so, that was maybe just a small prayer answered, maybe coincidence, I don't know. Uh, as I grew into a teenager, my mum and her man, our new man then, started drinking a lot, started fighting a lot. Um, it was not a nice environment to grow up in at all, and by this point, uh, my dad was no longer working again, and decided uh, to start becoming a drug dealer. Uh, must have been easier money than going out and doing a shift 9 to 5. He tried to shelter it for me, but um, with the door chatting every five minutes, bags of money lying about, it didn't take CSI to work out what was going on. Uh, that ended in a drug bust with me being pulled out my bed as a teenager by the drug squad. Um, so, no, not a great experience. Uh, as I sort of got into maybe young teenage years, uh, I started going out drinking every weekend, and like most people in Blarney, this led to taking drugs selling drugs and fighting a lot. Uh, I won't go into too much detail but I'm amazed and blessed um, that I didn't land in jail. Uh, Later into my teens, like most young men through my way, I wanted to feel like the man. I was out drinking, um, sleeping around, being a drug dealer gave me this false sense of big-man ego which came crashing to an end with a drug burst of my own. and my sister's house got ripped to shreds by the police. Uh, I moved in with her to get away from the violence and stuff For my mum um, and her man at the time, and I've never seen somebody so disappointed and let down. This marked a change point for me, um, as she was all I had at the time, and she, she was locked in a cell for something she knew nothing about. Thankfully, I avoided jail for that as well. I was gifted an angel in the shape of Linda, my wife, who unlike (coughs) me had been brought up, um, a Christian with excellent values passed down from Lynn and George. We had been together off and on for a few years, but the relationship never worked because of who I was, and me constantly letting her down. So after a few years apart we got back together and somehow moved to Australia, which didn't last long as uh, tea in the park was more important than a new life in the sun. (laughs) So we moved back home and I started coming along to the vine with Linda, Lynn and George, and I really started to enjoy it. I would always get a lift of spirit and goosebumps whenever I prayed. Um, I remember uh, years later Linda tell me she would cry to George um, about me, about how I was as a teenager and about letting her down all the time. And George told her she was in my life for a reason to stick by me and for this I'm forever grateful. Me and Linda were gifted a beautiful daughter Bella uh, that well and truly changed me for the better as the party had stopped and I swore I would not raise a child how I I had been raised. However, I did end up joining the Parachute Regiment's Reserve uh, Battalion 4 Para, where I spent every second weekend in cataract training, and between this and constantly trying to get fitter, all my spare time was taken up in the church, and to, to an extent my family had took a back seat. I left for a year, and in that time I did the Alpha course at the church which really answered a lot of my questions and convinced me that Jesus did exist, he did die on the cross for all of us, and there's much more to this world than a lot of people think. But even after all that, uh, the thought of me having failed and becoming a para was eating away at me, so I went back into training. After my second cada. I passed the combat infantry course, um, but was injured before P Company, which is the uh, paras week-long fitness test. I managed to recover and get back to training, and I remember praying every time I was out running, <coughs> saying, God, if this is for me, then help me smash this, help me get through P Company. I had injury after injury after injury. I was at the physio constantly, um, and then I realised my prayers were actually being answered. I was never supposed to become a paratrooper and do all the killing that they drilled into us at training. I pulled out the reserves and became a regular at the church again, and also became a part of Jimmy's support group. Uh, Where on the first night of the Seven Kings, he told me I never failed at becoming a soldier, I was just in the wrong army. This was something um, me and George have spoke about a few times and he always said I was fighting the wrong fight. I started reading the Bible and used it in everyday life to treat people differently, to give generously wherever I can and try to live by a book of wisdom and supernatural power. I was baptised in March last year and at that moment I felt my sins being washed away. I came out what was a roasting hot bath of water here on the stage and was shaking uncontrollably. Um, there's without doubt something uh, magical happened to me that day and it felt good. For me, the biggest moment God uh, impacted on my life was through my sister. She had been trying for years to get pregnant and as she had a lot of issues with her female areas, it never happened. And she was told it probably would never happen. I prayed for her to have a baby because I know how much it uh, meant to her. Uh, especially when she's seen us with Bella. I know it was t- it was tearing her apart in a sense that she wanted it for herself. And it was probably the most desperate prayer I've ever said. Um, about eight weeks later, I found out she was six weeks pregnant. For me, that was a miracle. She was still having problems up to this day uh, with her ovaries and stuff like that. So the doctors decided they were going to shut it down. But when doing all the checks that they need to do before going through with an operation like that, they found that she's actually pregnant right now with baby number two. (laughs) Thanks for taking the time to listen to my story. Um, I appreciate it. And I just want to finish with a a short prayer. If everybody could just close their eyes, it would make me feel a bit easier. (laughs) Father God, I thank you for the forgiveness. I thank you for sending your one and only son, Jesus Christ, to bear my cross so that I could become a family in this church and leave behind the past that made me uh, not a very nice person. Father, I pray for anyone else that could be in that situation and maybe think that they're not good enough. Um, I know that you forgive no matter how great the sin.
1: Amen. Awesome. Amazing. Thanks Che, so well spoken, so honest and real. Testimony is important, it's powerful. It's in the Bible, it says that um, life is not always rosy, but God has plans. God always had a plan for Che. Uh, and Che looked and he found that uh, It's so crucial. Thanks so much um, for that. Even to hear you know, that, the prayer that um, you prayed for somebody struggling with a baby, looking for a job. Sounds like you've got a ministry there, mate, where you could be praying for people and if anyone's needing anything, Che's the man to see. I know we need some more uh, conveners and preachers, and I think Che just qualified himself for that so awesome thanks so much mate um, for sharing it's not easy to come up and uh, be honest uh, and expose yourself in a way uh, he says he would feel worried he would clear the church I says don't worry i haven't told half the stuff i got up to and the church would pass out you don't need to hang out your dirty laundry you just need to be honest just need to see the change and we see it right there so yeah so i, I want to kind of move on some it's a bit disconnected but it is connected but um, you know sticking with that, if God has plans for us and he 's asking us to look wholeheartedly, what is it that makes us miss what God has our awareness when we miss things we missed We just missed twenty one things in a video um, and we've had some guy, we probably all admit that we 've missed things in the past that God has for us, but um, we might want to word it as distractions who 's got distractions in life who 's got a PlayStation? Who's got Sky Sports? (laughs) The list could go on. I've got both, so there you go. I don't actually play the PlayStation. Yeah, so we call them distractions, but the Bible calls them idols. And I wanna just share a a, a story from 1 Samuel about um, something quite fascinating, actually. I'm gonna just try and paraphrase it, then read it all. It's 1 Samuel 5, verse 1 to 8. So, the Ark of the Covenant holds the Ten Commandments, and and it's a pretty um, it's, it's huge uh, to the Israelites to have this. It, it, you know, it carries the whole presence of God. They feel that with it, they are they they win their wars and their battles, which were taking place. But they had it taken off them. Um, and they were devastated. They lost the battle, the thousand people the Bible says killed in that battle, and their enemies took their, the Ark of the Covenant. It was like taking their church away from them, the presence of God, the promises of God, the Ten Commandments that kept them right, all just taken away. And the, the, these people, the Philistines, Philistines, however you would choose to pronounce it, they placed the Ark of the Covenant of God in a temple that was created to worship their false gods, i.e. idols and idolatry. Um, and they placed the Ark of the Covenant beside this gold statue that they worshipped. They believed this gold statue brought them uh, many different things. Uh, they, they prospered with it in terms of rain and, and harvest and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they placed the Ark of the Covenant. And then the next day, they went into the temple to find that their God, this gold statue, had actually fallen face down in front of the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant. Could you imagine going to church and finding, finding your God that you worship lying face down in a sandpit? Picking it up and dusting it down, and I imagine it being pretty heavy if it's made of gold, and, and, and lifting it back up and cleaning it and saying, Now we can worship this statue again. And the next day it happened again, it fell over, but this time some, the hands and the feet of the statue fell off, and they began to realise, Wait a minute. The ark of God is far more powerful than our idols. And it kind of spoke to me, and I, and I know that there's distractions in my life, and I know that I've been bad for putting things before God. And it's my thing for 2020 I want to try and work on is by seeking God fully. Um, and I just want to throw that out to you guys. Is there things that you are putting before God that are, holding us back from seeing what God has for us. So we already spoke, he's got plans, but we need to look for him. But sometimes we get so distracted chasing careers. Sometimes we get so distracted on our work and on our, maybe our, our finances, maybe we, we we delight or we have um, take comfort in our finances. We take comfort in what we have built up and, and we kind of, without really meaning it, we, we begin to put that, before God and put things before God and they become idols and it says that the third commandment says that we should have um, no other gods but me, not me, that's what it says, no other God but God, I feel like, so no other idols, nothing to come before you and God. He wants first place in our life with plans to prosper. Uh, and give us hope We wants first place. It's not a, a dictatorship, but it's a relationship. When Mark spoke last week, he asked that. How, how much does Jesus mean to you? How much does God mean to you? Where is he in your life? Is he ever present in your day to day? I just want to uh, challenge and, and ask us, are there things that we've been putting before God and we feel that we're not seeing God move and we're not uh, experiencing that hope and, uh, and the joy and the blessing that God's got for us, but are we putting things before him? And maybe... Like that illustration from 1 Samuel, that our idols and the things that we put before God need to bow down to Him. Just like that statue couldn't stay on its pedestals. There are things that we're putting up there that are stopping us from having a close, intimate, daily relationship with God. He wants our best. He wants our all. He wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to enjoy Things and, and, and you know, whatever your thing is, we've all got a things for some it's the gym and the fitness, for some it's cars, for others it's girly stuff. I'm sorry, girls, I'm kind of out of ideas on that one. But God wants us to enjoy, but He wants us to to give Him first place so He can bless us and, and, and take us. He's got a calling for each one of us and He wants our attention. So, 2020, January, is there anything? that you can look back on in 2019 and thought, yeah, do you know what, I was so focused on this that I missed what God had for me. And maybe like that illustration in the Bible that our idols and the things we put before God need to actually take a step down and we worship and we seek and we honor him. Um, I watched a movie recently that captures it very well about a man who had a dream as a young boy. He was from a poverty background um, and he desired not riches, but he just had a dream that he was so determined to see come to, truth, uh, come to life. and um, He battles through in the movie and his dreams come true and he creates the whole world that he dreamed of. He gave his wife everything she wanted, he gave his daughters everything they could have hoped for. But then it got to a bit where he wasn't content with what he had and he then went on to pursue more and more and more and in doing so he began to lose everything that he had initially got and it's, uh, it kind of made me think of what it can be like being a christian because at one point we have nothing in the sense that we are spiritually and eternally lost and yet god saves us and renews us and gives us everything and then but then we go we get down the the journey a little bit and we get um a little bit complacent and we start to want to uh, desire other things that maybe god hasn't got for us um and it really spoke to me a little bit about what it can be like because uh, it's a long haul being a Christian. It, it's We've got to really push and press through things. But I thought this movie captured it very well that this guy then looked back and thought, do you know what, I've blown it. And I don't know how many people in churches might have felt the same, that they have strayed from what God's called them to do, they've strayed from the plans and purposes, uh, and it takes a Humbling moment to realise that actually I need to get back to it. Um, I'm going to, in a second, just show the song that um, it, that concluded that movie, and the lyrics can be. It's not Christian, so don't uh, don't don't judge me. That's all right to show, son. But I found it very inspiring, um, and I don't know if anyone's seen the greatest showman. Has anyone seen it? <laughs> Probably my favourite movie. But at the end, he pretty much realises that he's had it all, he's lost it all, but he's making a decision. Do you know what? I'm coming back to what matters, and it, it, for him, that was family, and it was his friends, and it was his what he had was, um, he initially made him successful. But for us, it's coming back to God. So with that song of me, so I'm just going to close. That's me finished. But I just thought we could enjoy this, and then the band or the band could come up now and be ready just to finish. But. Um, The the video is full of passion, the the sound quality is not great because it was never intended to be recorded, but these guys singing puts me worshipping to shame, it really does, Um, and you'll see what I mean in a minute, but why don't we just play it and uh, and that's me finished, thanks for listening guys, I really appreciate that.
2: not be blinded by the lights from now on what's waited till tomorrow starts tonight starts tonight let this promise in me start like can anthem in my heart from now
1: on from now
0: Deep, if you could just play the keys. Let's close our eyes. What waited until tomorrow starts tonight. I'm gonna give you an opportunity. Not to wait till tomorrow, but to start tonight. To come back home. To do what Che did. I couldn't say it any better than Che said it. To get to that place and say, Father God. I choose today to come back home to believe in you, to follow you, to trust in you, to ask you to help me and guide me from this day forward. I've not got all my questions answered. I don't understand it all. But like a little child, I come back home for that's where you belong. He created you to be his daughter, to be his son. Until we're home, we carry an orphan spirit. There's always something missing because we're not with Father. You were created to be with the Father. And so tonight, Jesus Christ died upon the cross so that you could come back home. He paid the price so that if we'll say sorry, for going our own way, doing our own thing, turn around, choose to believe and follow him. We will be adopted as his sons and daughters and he will guide us through this life. And I give you that chance right now, just in your hearts, just accept his invitation. You cannot earn it. You cannot work for it. You cannot pay for it. You cannot be good enough. That's why it can't wait till tomorrow. You receive it as a gift. And he holds a gift to you right now. Do you want my forgiveness? Do you want my love? Receive my invitation right now. Just receive it. Receive his love. And just say this prayer quietly to yourself. Dear Father, I want to come back home. I choose not to wait till tomorrow, but I want to start from right now. And I'm coming back home to you, Father. Forgive me for going my own way and doing my own thing. Come into my life. Receive me. Touch me now with your love. Change me from the inside out. Cleanse me from the inside out. Wash the inside of my cup and transform me and lead me forward, in Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer today, there's people at the back, they've got a little gold bag. You just, on your way past, just get a wee gold bag, and it's a, a little letter and a little booklet that helps to explain the journey, and Chase's journey, where he started. He didn't have all the answers, he still doesn't. I don't. You don't have to have all the answers. He does. Just get a gold bag, please, if you said that prayer today. Church, hasn't it been a wonderful morning? Thank you, Stephen. That song's got me right going tell you, I'm going to watch The Greatest Showman tonight. That's awesome. I love that film as well, Stephen. That was brilliant. I love the passion. Come on, let's finish with one song. One song we're going to finish, and we're going to celebrate together this wonderful Phoebe Joy. And uh, please do come and congratulate this family. If you haven't yet had a chance to introduce yourself, today, don't start tomorrow. Start right now, okay? <laughs> introduce yourself. Say congratulations. Come on, let's stand. Right, George, one last song, final song, and we're done. Thank you.